Oh, I can't hear you. Hello. Hey, here we, we go. Hey, yay for technology, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, hey, I just wanted to say thanks for coming on. Um, welcome no to the show. Glad to be here. Glad to glad to be here. Glad the dead period's over. Glad we got some uh, some things to talk about. That we do, uh, and we'll go ahead and jump right into it, man. Uh, obviously, this dead period uh, ending May thirty first. I've been waiting for what feels like forever. Um, And now that is coming to an end, obviously, June 1st, kids are able to uh, visit campuses. Um, You know, so we'll talk more about the, you know, the official visits, things like that from Georgia's perspective. Um, But I want to take a little bit of time maybe to reflect on, you know, this extended dead period uh, and maybe take give some takeaways here for, you know, what we think uh, we can take away from the future. Right. Just in case something like this were to happen again. Um, you know, give some things like that right there, right? I think that would be some uh, some good takeaways. Uh, you know, first, I think, you know, I think the uh, with COVID, you know, makes everything difficult. Um, but I, I think it could have been ended. I think it could have ended sooner. Um, you know, I had a, I have a, or I think I talked about this a little while back. Uh, my plan to uh, to get rid or to open back up schools, right, uh, safely and for these visits. Uh, but nonetheless, obviously, they, that didn't happen. You know, what are your takeaways from this extended dead period? Well, I mean, I think you're exactly right. I think it could have gone. I think it could have uh, been ended a lot sooner. I think when they started bringing fans back into the stands, especially at places like Texas A&M, where they allowed full capacity back in the fall, I think you probably could have hosted some recruits. Uh, I, I get all the liability stuff, and and I understand that, and you know that's a that's a big factor in all this, but. You know, I think there could have been ways that universities could have set up, you know, safe spots, social distancing and, and things like that with, with the visits or or spread them out a little bit more. Maybe, you know, had not as many as they normally do. Like uh, I know with Georgia, they probably could have, you know, cut it in, I guess, quarters even uh, to, to have to, to be able just to host someone or some people in some of these in some of these games where they had, I, I guess, 20 percent capacity, 25 percent capacity. Uh, it's not quite the same experience, and and, and maybe uh, you know, but they would have gotten they would have gotten creative with it like they did with the other protocols, and they would have gotten around it. They would have been safe, things like that. So I I, I wouldn't worry about that. So, uh, but the biggest takeaways is like coaches learned how to video conference. Coaches learned how to evaluate without bringing kids to camp, which I think is going to advance uh, scouting and, and trying to project kids to uh, to the next level. It makes it a, a bit of a mystery as well, but I, I think that if you can find ways to do it without having to get them on campus, you can maybe make offers a lot sooner. You know, I, I agree with you there. Um, you know, you you talked about learning how to Zoom call things like that. Man, I, I can't I can't go without talking about Saban, right? Everybody knows mm-hmm. how Saban is, uh, so you know mm-hmm. I, I I can only laugh, not not in a bad way, not toward him or anything. Uh, but, you know, just laugh having to, you know, trying to picture Saban doing, a, uh, you know, <laughs> yes. a virtual call. Right. I think yeah. I, 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 to me, it's just hilarious. But I mean, you know, that's the that's the times. Right. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously, Alabama didn't slow down one bit, you know, obviously with the uh, first rank class this past season for the 2021 cycle. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but looking at this right here, you know, obviously there's tons of kids, right? Not even just the 2022 cycle, but, you know, several classes out, right? 2023, 2024, uh, mm-hmm. jumping on these visits, uh, you know, jumping on these visits to these schools. Uh, you know, with the hope, you know, with the fear that there could be another, you know, extended dead period. Um, you know, so I would like to think that you don't see that. Um, but it's it's a fear that kids have to worry about. Um, but, you know, moving on to, you know, to Georgia. Right. Right. I, I think the timing of the new facility opening up is I think they meant to do that on purpose almost. Um, they, they did. But, it's brand new. Um, they, I mean, I, I don't know if like originally when they, when they started building it, that they knew there was going to be some sort of, uh, coincidence with the release of the dead period and, and the timing of it opening. But yeah. I, I do think that once they got into it, maybe it, cause it was supposed to open back in April and it didn't, um, obviously there were some construction delays, some of it probably by design. I mean, Kirby's not, Kirby's really intelligent when it comes to striking while the iron's hot and, and, you know getting the new, oh, hey, dead period just opened. Hey, look what we just moved into. Like we, we're still moving stuff over. Check this out, you know? And it's, uh, it's definitely, there's some, there's some timing involved in that. And he probably said, hey, let's, let's push back the, the opening of this. Let's, let's slow down construction a little bit so we can open this right at dead period. We can release these videos. Dead period ends in, you know, a week and a half after we release these videos. And it'll give us time to say, hey, we got some new digs. And then it'll give them a week and a half to move everything over and get everything set up. Yeah, and I know. Obviously, Georgia posted some uh, some hype videos, some teasers, mm-hmm. shall you say, uh, with the players. You know, the coaches moving in. Yeah. And honestly, from a fan standpoint, I, I just want to go ahead and see what it is right now. I just want to see yep. what it's about. Um, I guess June first, we will. Uh, I think well, they're I think they're holding back uh, by design as well too. No, it's it's strategic. We know it's yep. strategically planned. I, I think you have to do that. Um, but at the end of the day, though, I, and I'm talking about the strategic planning here, you know, let the let the recruits see this first. Right. Mm-hmm. Let the recruits, you know, that be their first visit. Right. Because a lot of these kids haven't visited a school period. Right. At least on right. an official or unofficial visit standpoint. Right. They may have went to campus, mm-hmm. but they didn't tour the facilities like you're about to be able to do. Exactly. So with that being said, a lot of these kids, their first ever visit is going to be Georgia. Uh, and we, we can talk about that a little bit later too. But their their first experience of a you know a world class facility, you know obviously brand new. Uh, mm-hmm. And I've I've been talked about I've been talking about this for several months now for really as long as it's been a thing. The arms race in facilities, uh, it, it's a completely true thing. Uh, you look at Clemson, right? I had uh, I had a guy on from uh, Clemson that he covers uh, was talking about uh, you know having a putt putt you know, putt-putt course. And obviously we've seen the slide that they had, you know, so these things right here, it's really useful to attract elite recruits in my opinion, uh, because they spend so much time there, you need it to feel like home. Uh, and, and, you know, I think that obviously we don't know yet, but I have a good feeling that these kids will make, it'll make them feel comfortable and feel at home uh, and, and it'll do really good things for recruiting. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, anytime you can open some new bells and whistles and, and things like that, anytime that you can wow recruits, that's always that's always important. That's always on the forefront. Hey, look at what we can do. And then, 
you can come in behind that with the coaching staff that, that he's assembled and, and the playmakers that they have gathered and, and the film that they've put up the last you know four or five games of last season. You can show recruits, hey, you're going to work out here. You're going to eat here. You're going to enjoy your time here. And then, hey, let's turn on the film and, and let's watch what you're going to do while you're here in this offense or watch what you're going to do on, in, as a part of this defense. And, and so it's uh, it's exciting times to, to, to be Georgia. I think there's a lot of big things on the brink. I, com- I completely agree. Uh, I completely agree. You know, and, and with Georgia, too, like, you know, we're in heavy battles with a lot of these elite recruits, right? You look at the you look at the teams that we're in battles with. You look at you know you look at Ohio State. You look at Alabama. Uh, you know I don't really want to say Florida anymore. I don't trust Florida with Dan Mullen in recruiting. I think you can probably agree with this, but mm-hmm. nonetheless, you still have to worry about Clemson and you know a lot of schools, really good schools. A and M's becoming a true threat now, at least this year so far, right? So yeah, Jimbo Jimbo knows how to recruit. That's for sure. Absolutely, and I, th- I think their recent success kind of helps. Uh, plant a little bit of recruiting uh, stronghold there too. Um, you know, and Florida State, Florida State, and I, I know I'm not trying to go dig a rabbit hole, but Florida State is completely surprising me right now uh, with regards to their recruiting uh, with Norvell there. Um, yeah, they, they are. Uh, they just had to get their feet wet. They, they had to get some sort of positive momentum, but I mean, Tallahassee is a great place and, you know, the, the, the campus and Dope Campbell and all the tradition that Florida State has, they just need to retap into that. And I think Norvell is going to take his uh, experiences, um, you know, most recently at Memphis to to take that down to Tallahassee. So that's going to be a threat for for Georgia, especially in the the southwestern part of the state. Absolutely, and you know, so you, obviously we talked about these facilities, right? But it, it's not only that, right? It's it's the face to face conversations yeah. with these with these recruits uh, and coaches mm-hmm. and their families. Really, uh, a lot of recruiting comes from recruiting the family, uh, you know. So, you know, obviously. Zoom calls worked, but it's not the same. So, mm-hmm. you know, obviously from a fan standpoint, I think it's going to benefit Georgia. Uh, you know, we looked at the 2021 cycle, right? There were some key misses on some targets that we were thinking about. And I think a lot of that personally, at least my take, was the inability to really, I don't know if it was adapt, but I feel like our coaching staff does a way better job when you're able to physically be face-to-face. Right. Um, so, you know, now that that's now that that's a thing, I, I genuinely think that recruiting is going to pick up, and, and we're already number one in the country based off of twenty four seven. That's where I go off of. It's only I think you can only get better from here. Uh, you know, kids are able to see these facilities; they're able to tour campuses and and, and meet up with other elite prospects. Right? That's this is right. why recruiting is so fun because it's so quite, you don't know. But I, I, I genuinely think that uh, Georgia is going to have a great recruiting and it's going to pick up right now yeah it is it, it is and, and anytime you can get face to face that that's that's the biggest key i mean you can zoom call all you want you can facetime all you want and, and you see these recruiting assistants they they facetime with recruits and they go different places so i mean i guess that's the best way during a pandemic to get a tour of the facilities is have one of the recruiting assistants or gas or whatever walk around with facetime I, i've seen numerous programs do that but for Kirby to sit down in front of a family, for Matt Luke to sit down in front of a family or Cortez Hankton or you know Dan Lanning or whoever it may be, to be able to sit down in front of that family, in front of that kid and and, and just let them feel that presence of, of family and let them feel that comfort of, of being at University of Georgia, that 
you know, or, or any school really, you could you could insert school name here, and, and everyone's going to benefit from face to face interactions. But um, you know, the I, I think that's that's the biggest key is is obviously the face to face and being able to impress the parents and impress the kid and and uh, really leave a lasting impression on those families and give them something really difficult to think about. Whereas in the pandemic, it was like, oh, that was a cool Zoom call or oh, that was cool. And, and, and oh, yeah, they, they, they go through without really giving it much thought because, uh, you know, eventually Zoom calls all run together and they become the same. And, and you kind of just pick what program is the most successful at that point, which I think is it's going to be an interesting year for, for these freshmen to see who who emerges where and what and who is comfortable. I mean, I think that's why the transfer portal is so crazy with these uh, with these recent signees because a lot of these people are a lot of these kids are seeing their the, the schools and, and campuses they they signed on for for the first time ever, and they're maybe rethinking their decision. So um, I think you're going to see less of that. I think it's going to all calm down, and and uh, I'm excited for it. I'm just glad that you know that's Kirby's strong suit is face to face interactions, and, and we're, we're we're finally getting back to that. Uh oh, lost you. I don't know if you can hear me, but yeah. Mm -mm. Still can't. No. I can read your lips. Well, then. Um, there we go. Yeah, I got you now. God almighty, technology, man. We're having some technical <laughs> You got to love it, right? <laughs> <laughs> this is how I imagine Saban. This is what I imagine Saban going through when he's trying to. When he's Except trying he's to cussing. Play. He's cussing up a storm. Yeah. Oh, he's he's probably fired three assistants <laughs> by now. Oh no! You know, one of the things with this recruiting too. Um, before we start looking at the guests, I, I do want to look into you know these visits, um, but I do want to talk about you know the possibility uh, and expectations really for that matter of decommitments and also commitments, right? Everybody wants to focus on the commitment aspect from a Georgia right. standpoint. Keep in mind that there is a possibility for decommitments as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, obviously, want to, you know, obviously we want to keep the guys that we have, you know, but there's a lot, you know, there is a good chance. I think with, with these official visits coming on that, mm -hmm. you know, there is a chance for a flip or a decommitment. Um, <clears throat> you know, tell me, what do you, what do you, how do you feel about the, the, the possibility of, you know, the de the commitments and the decommitments. Well, I mean, it's already prevalent in recruiting before the pandemic. Um, it's probably going to be, I don't know, with, with, with this cycle reemerging, I, I think you're going to get a lot more than you usually do, uh, which is fine. We're, we're going to lose people, but we're going to gain people as well that were committed elsewhere that we were in for. And, and when they finally take the official visits and they reevaluate things, there's some people that we'll get that we didn't already have, and there'll be people that we lose. It's just part of the recruiting game. That's just part of, you know, kids reevaluating based on what they see and feel in person versus what they, uh, what they, what they evaluated over Zoom and FaceTime and virtual tours and watching games on TV. So, you're you're going to get it, it's going to be actually fans are going to have to be a little bit more patient with that because it's going to happen. There's you, know, you're, you could probably take a fourth of our list and say they're they're not going to stay committed, and but you can go to Alabama's, you know a fourth of their class is going to be decommitted and, and go elsewhere. Same with Clemson, same with Ohio State, same with A&M, same with Notre Dame, same with Tennessee, same with Florida, and so on and so forth. You're, you're going to see it all over the place. And it's just it, – it, it's going to be 
I don't want to say the word new normal because that makes my skin crawl, but um, it, it's going to be at least for this year's class, for the 2022 class, you're going to see that um, more more frequently than, than normal. And then I, I think once we get a full in-person, regular recruiting cycle under, under the belt, everything will kind of go back to the way it was. No, I, I agree with you there. Um, looking at the – for me, I think you, you take the off year, right? Uh, you know, I felt bad for the I felt bit, uh, felt bad for the kids in 2021 cycle, right? weren't able yeah. to uh, right. actually take a, a visit. You know, fortunately, some of them had toured Georgia before the shutdown and the extended dead period, so that did help. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, but a lot of kids weren't able to really do their official visits. You know what I mean? Uh, obviously, yeah. I, I talked with uh, Greg uh, Brock's dad, uh, and we yes. had into a little conversation about the uh, everybody remembers at least Georgia fans the uh, unofficial visit basically uh that brock yeah. basically poured himself or hosted himself you know yeah uh, i mean that's I, that's the great thing about being in athens i mean it it really helped if you think about it um you know obviously having brock in the fold uh and being a vocal recruiter really saved i think our recruiting class uh if, i don't know about saving it but I, I think it definitely helped it if anything it got um, amarius mims i thought amarius mims was going to tennessee and I, yeah, think yeah. I think brock saved that one I think so. You know, I think, you know, Tennessee was a big threat there too. So, you know, having the fact that he could go and do, you know, kind of the unofficial official, uh, mm -hmm. I think that I think that salvaged the recruitment for Georgia. Uh, you know, but let's keep it on the 2022, I guess. Uh, you know, these kids, you know, they've committed without seeing these schools, you know, but, you know, I, and I think Kirby's playing it right here. And you look at the, the, the current class, 75% is made up from kids within the state. Mm -hmm. So, you know, looking at that right there, these kids, you know, are within driving distance, every one of them to go visit the school whenever. So, you know, the fact that we have such a, you know, a statewide recruiting class so far, I think benefits us with the ease of having to worry about troop decommits. I'm not saying that it won't happen, but I definitely right. think it benefits us from having to worry about these decommitments. Yeah. I mean, I think obviously when you look at, uh, the Alexander kid from Fort Worth, you know, that one kind of worries me now because A&M and, and Texas are still hot after him. You know, you don't know uh, based on where he's from, how solid he is, but you get him on campus, you know, and, and, and restoke that fire. He might be more solid than we think. Uh, the Jalen Walker kid from obviously from North Carolina, you look at him and, and, and wonder because he's, because he's an out-of-state kid from North Carolina. But then you look at, you know, Jordan Bryant James from Murfreesboro. That's, I mean, that's a short drive. Um, it, it's it's just about the same drive uh, as, you know, the kids from like Tifton, Ty, Tyree West and Baxley and Bainbridge and, and the kids from South Georgia. It's it's a very similar drive for Murfreesboro. Uh, this, this is more my neck of the woods. So uh, I, I think it's, you know, I think he'll be solid. Um, but it's just about – you know, getting these kids back on campus and and reaffirming their commitment, which I think most of them are pretty solid. I think I think they were heavy, heavy Georgia um, to begin with, regardless. Yep. And and I think it'll take a lot of work even to get Keaton Alexander to uh, to to flip. But I, I think if there's any school that that could get Alexander, it's probably going to be Texas. Uh, this, yep. this is the one I worry about the most with Sarkeesian. Um, but uh, you know, I'm I'm pretty. I'm pretty solid on, on, on the rest of them uh, and, and uh, Gunnar Stockman especially, you know, you know, you, you worry about Auburn 
uh, with with Mike Bobo there, and and uh, but I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's going to be. I think the ones we got are going to be pretty solid uh, for the most part. Um, but you know, hang on because there, there's more to come. There's there's uh, it, it's about to get interesting. Absolutely, you know, I look at it in this sense right here: the recruiting cycle is just beginning right now. Uh-huh. Um, with the fact that you're opening up, um, you know, but, you know, take what we've got in, in the fold right now, you know, obviously talked about it, you know, eight of the 12 are within the state. Um, so, you know, I think those guys are, I would say more of a lock to stay. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, I think you could look at smoke Bowie as perhaps being uh, a potential, you know, decommit just because of the ties with, uh, Williams at Texas A&M, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in the, in the huge part of his commitment there. Uh, so that's that's something that you really have to worry about, at least that I am, uh, kind of keeping an eye out for. Yeah, but the, I, I think so too. When it comes to, you know, when it comes to these out-of-state guys, right, Bear, Alexander, you know, I believe, you know, I think you do have to worry about, I think Texas A&M is a threat there. But I, yeah. I, think, he, I think he's solid to Georgia. Um, you know, I, from at least from what, you know, you listening to interviews and, and, and watching him and everything, like it seems like he's ready to just come here at least I got the feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Jalen Walker, uh, basically right up the road for me. Uh, you know, I, I think he made that commitment, but I, I don't think it's over with him. Uh, no. You know, you always have to worry about Clemson and, and being from North Carolina. Clemson has a, a grasp on this state, and, and Georgia's trying to pry that grasp away. You know, uh, you know, Georgia's came in and hit some uh, huge targets in the past. You know, Gurley and Zeus, and you know, now you're seeing Jalen Walker is just the most recent example. Uh, and now they're trying to work even harder uh, to pick up Travis Shaw uh, from Greensboro, which is literally right in my backyard, basically. So, nice. you know, so you sit there, and obviously, I think keeping Jalen Walker in the fold is going to be huge for you know for Travis Shaw. I, I, I really do. They they're really close. Um, so I think you know as long as Jalen Walker is committed to Georgia, I think that's going to play a huge part. Uh, not saying it'll be the deciding factor or whatever, but I do think it'll play a huge part in keeping Georgia in that race. Um, if that makes sense. It it, it does. Um, You know, I think that having Zamir and having some of that recent success in North Carolina does give us a a leg up over Clemson. Uh, You know, for a lot of, if we're battling with Clemson, it's going to come down to that game in Charlotte. You know, I I think that, um, I don't know, I can't keep up with some of these rule changes that they have, but I think they allow whoever's the designated home team uh, gets to host a recruit gets to host recruits well, on the neutral site i think so because I, I, I think that was a georgia florida thing like it you know every other year we got to we got to host recruits there um in, See, I, I, I never i never paid attention to that i always i was worried that you know the i i'd heard that i don't know if they changed that or amended it i i could be i could be completely completely wrong on that i've been wrong before but um, yeah, yeah I, I, I mean either way it's going to be an important important matchup with clemson and uh in charlotte yeah, I, I think with with the like, I mean, kind of going to Jacksonville, right? With the neutral site games, I, I, I'm I would like to see them be more home and home. Um, you know, I, I don't think you can actually host recruits; they have to come on their own dime for neutral site. I think yeah. um, the case, like that, you know, yeah. what was that? Yeah, I think there's some there's some sort of like, I don't know, there's there, there's more. I think there's more layers to that rule. But yeah, I, I think so too. Um, you know, but I think if, you know, Kirby's been, you know, Kirby's been kind of one of the guys that he wants to bring on guys to school, you know, to campus as often as he can. Uh, heard him in the past talking about, you know, you lose a you lose a week in recruiting, you know, at the cocktail party, even though it's, 
you know, even though it's a cocktail party and, and Jacksonville has a huge tradition, right? There's a huge Georgia fan base there too. Mm-hmm. You, know, you really have to worry about the, you know, the issue of, you know, losing that, uh, you know, losing that home game every year um, or every other year, I should say. So, you know, like I, I, I see his point, right? I, I see his point for sure. Uh, you know, hosting recruits for these official visits, because I guarantee you a, a ton of kids would go to Georgia the week of the Florida game if it was in uh, Sanford Stadium. There's yes. no question about it in my head. Um, you know, so I see his point there. But obviously, you know, nonetheless, you get a huge marquee matchup. Uh, and, you know, that's still exposure on, a you know, the whole world. Basically, the whole world can see it. But for sure, all of America is going to see it uh, being in prime time on, you know, on, on that day. So, Exactly, and probably game day is going to be there, and you know, there, there's a, there's a lot of things you can do uh, with that to, to be able to to market yourself. So, um, you know, and, and two programs that have no problem market marketing themselves with uh, Clemson and uh, Clemson and Georgia. So, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun atmosphere. It's going to be great uh, for recruiting. I think you're going to see a lot of things happen uh, with that. So. Um, there's going to be some battleground stuff within the Carolinas that Georgia's going to have to fight with if they're going to be more of a presence, not only in the Southeast, but in, in the United States. I was reading about this kid from uh, from Kansas that they're trying to get uh, from named Jaron, and I'm going to butcher this last name, Jaron Kanak. Uh, he had a 10-3-7 laser-timed 100-meter dash. He's 6-2-2-10. He's an athlete. Um, so I, I think it's going to be something like, like getting kids like that with this dead period being lifted, you know, I, I think it opens the door because I, I don't know that, I don't know that we would have a chance at this, at this kid. I, I, I would think he would be all Oklahoma or even with the recent hire of Lance Leopold to Kansas, like maybe the Jayhawks have a chance with this kid, but being able to get this ki- a kid like this on campus is huge for Kirby smart. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think you kind of see it now. I mean, see if you with me on this one. You know, obviously, Kirby's, it seems like Kirby's changed his mentality uh, for recruiting. I think you're looking at a lot of guys that have elite speed. Kirby goes and recruits them heavily now. Yes. Uh, you know, obviously, we got Jermaine Burton, which is, you know, really fast. And then Arian Smith, which is world-class fast. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but then you start to see these other guys, right? Like Evan Stewart is another one. Uh, you know, the guy you just mentioned is, you know, you start to see these guys running 10 threes and Kirby's going after them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I think I'm curious if that's, you know, what do you think? Do you think it's a, do you think it was a uh, philosophy change on the offense, the reason why he's recruiting them so much? Yes. I, I think you see guys like Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle go in the first round and, and be difference makers for an offense for Alabama. I, I think woke up not only Kirby, but a lot of people. So uh, there's a high emphasis on speed guys now, slot, uh, you, not necessarily the huge guys that that can jump ball. I mean, there's a there's a there's a spot for them, obviously. But you know, the Arian Smiths, the Jermaine Burtons, the guys that can stretch the field vertically, it is of utmost importance. And if you can get a guy like that that can that has world class speed, you're going to be in really good shape, and you're going to have a really good vertical thread. And I, I think that, you know, I, I said on my show, there's a million and a half clues uh, if if you really look at this Georgia team carefully of of some philosophy changes on offense. This is now clue number one million and one hundred and twenty-seven that Georgia has some philosophy changes going on on offense. They're starting to recruit elite speed, which means, to me, they're going to push the ball vertically a lot more frequently. I, I completely agree, I, and I think that's something that you kind of saw change over you know the last couple of years, right? You look at, you know, I hate, and I'm going to 
piss a lot of people off with this, but Coley, you you know, I think Coley was that transition coordinator. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but when when Monken came in, it seemed maybe it's just me thinking this, but I think you know Monken told him to kind of let me run the offense. Uh, Coley was Coley was that dude. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Monken comes in. Uh, I don't think Monken comes in from the NFL without some assurances that he's going to run the offense. Yeah, no, I, I mean you just looked like Kurt like Coley's offense had, in my opinion, Kirby's handprint all over it. Uh, you know, trying to establish the run game constantly. Uh, and there was really no true, like, threat in the pass game, right? Now, credited, we didn't have a ton of receivers. We lost a ton of talent. Uh, mm-hmm. Cager was, you know, injured, but when he was, he showed flashes. Kieris was somewhat mm-hmm. consistent. Uh, but we really re- uh, relied on Swift and the run game. Uh, and, and obviously, you know, it's almost like a night and day flip from Coley to Monken. Uh, you know, you start to see, you know, obviously at the beginning of the year and most of the year, we, you know, we had the question at quarterback and you know, especially against Arkansas, right? You know, Dewan to Stetson and then Stetson ran it there. You know, there were still some questions, at least to me, you know, how, you know, obviously we knew we were going to see some changes, but, you know, were we limited by Stetson, right? Uh, and I think a lot of people were, you know, waiting for JT to come back. I think, you know, it made sense for him to take his time and ease his way in, you know, but a lot of people were eager to, you know, to see the changes that we really were expecting. Eager, yes. Now, at the end of the day, obviously the offseason not being there kind of played a part too. Uh, but nonetheless, though, right, like you, we come in Mississippi State, right, and, and you know, I watched this recently actually. Just watched how dedicated they were and how much of an effort they put on stopping the run and overwhelming the offensive line. Uh, and, you know, I really don't believe if JT was playing, if JT was not playing quarterback, I think we lose that game. Uh, I just, I think Stetson was limited, you know, uh, getting the ball down the field. Now he had the mobility. I'm not going to say he didn't, but definitely, you know, getting the ball down the field. Uh, Obviously JT showed that, which is why I think really we won the game, you know, 400 plus yard game there. Uh, You know, and then, you know, kind of balanced out, right. You look at the last four games, passing and then run against South Carolina and then just overall like blowout against Missouri. And then obviously the really, really close come from behind win uh, against Cincinnati. Uh, So, you know, looking at those four games to me, I'm anxious. I'm very eager to see what our offense looks like first game uh, with a full off season. Uh, JT fully healthy. I think his leg, you know, his knee uh, having extra time right there, right to recover and and get more healthy uh, is going to make the difference because, you know, just watching from a quarterback standpoint, I was a quarterback in high school, the mechanics caused him to, you know, not be able to throw it like he needed to, right? Like the, um, what the Arian Smith uh, throw, right? Obviously yeah. we know Arian Smith is super fast. He's blazing fast, mm-hmm. but the right mechanics gets that ball in stride and scores. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, That's obviously there's some the things that, there's some things we're looking forward to. And, and I think Having the offense, you know, him being fully ready to go and learn the offense with the the California trip as well, right? Getting that chemistry. I think you're looking at an explosive offense, and and let's be honest, that explosive offense is going to be really, really enticing to a lot of elite recruits. Yeah, you're seeing a, an uptick in, in wide receiver recruiting now uh, because of it, and and so I think that when you when you look at let's look at starting in January of 2020, we get 
that transfer from, uh, you know, obviously we get uh, Jamie Newman coming yep. over from Wake Forest, and, and we know how that went. Then uh, several weeks later, we get JT Daniels. Well, we know he's rehabbing from major knee surgery. When you're in a COVID period, that, I mean, just being isolated, not having as much or as strenuous of a rehab as he probably normally would on, on campus, mm-hmm. I, I think made a huge difference. He had a few setbacks because of it. He didn't get to work out the way he wanted to. Uh, he wasn't in the facilities eating uh, like our like student athletes eat. Uh, yep. So there was a lot of factors that that set JT Daniels back and, and caused him not to be ready, not only for the Arkansas game, but for every subsequent game up until Mississippi State. Stetson, I love Stetson. He was great, uh, but he was extremely limited. He was great for what he was. Uh, he was always going to be a bridge guy. Uh, but he he was he was he was a good complement to the run game. He could hurt you in several different ways, mind you. Georgia was the only team that led Alabama at halftime. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not into moral victories, but I mean, I guess if you had to look at one positive uh, from from that experience, we were the only team to do so. Uh, so when when you look at that, you can say, okay, Stetson's not as bad as we think, but he is limited in getting the ball downfield. If you put pressure on him, he can't stretch you vertically. He can't do some things that normally uh, quarterbacks with, uh, with uh, a little bit more arm talent can do. Then JT Daniels steps in. You know he's not right still uh, because there's some throws he, he wasn't able to step into. His mechanics were probably really rusty because um, he probably didn't get to develop uh, and, and, and work. He probably missed a probably a full a full year's worth of – fundamental work uh, just on that that he's going to be able to gain now since since he's the starter uh, in yep. this offseason he's going to get to work out with the guys so he's going to get a lot more chemistry so I, I think what you're going to see is you're going to see you know you're exactly right you're going to see an extremely explosive offense I think there's a lot of weapons I think in that first game you're going to you're going to see Todd Monken searching for his number one playmaker right you're going to see him take shots to Arian Smith. You're going to see Jermaine Burton get fed. You're going to see Kyrus. You're going to see Darnell Washington. You're going to see even some Brock Bowers. You're going to find – or James Cook. You're going to see where this offense is going to go, who's going to be that go-to guy to fill in for Pickens uh, when, you know, to, to make a tough catch or, or a big catch when, you know, when, when it's desperately needed in a situation. So I, I don't know who that's going to be. It could be any one of those guys, and, and any one of those guys have – and they all have different qualities that make them viable. Like James Cook is a threat running. Uh, he's a threat as a running back. He's also a threat in the screen game. He's also yep. a threat even in the pass game. Yeah, we saw what he did against Alabama, right? Yeah. That- oh, yeah, he went off. Um, Darnell Washington is LeBron James out there, tight end. You know, uh, So, he, I mean, he, he's, he's a nightmare for uh, matchup-wise. There's not a linebacker that's fast enough to cover him. There's not a safety that's physical enough to cover him. And there's very few corners in this league that are tall enough to, to really contend with them. So yep. you, 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 get some, you get some matchup nightmares there. Brock Bowers has showed out in the spring game. He's pretty good. Uh, Donnie Mitchell is somebody that I, I think is going to come on uh, and, and, and be more of a kind of a deep threat guy or like a red zone jump ball guy. Arian Smith's world-class speed. Jermaine Burton is great route runner, and Kyrus Jackson is the same. So I think you're going to see a very creative offense. I think with, with with what you were telling me right here, to add on to your point, I think you look at a, a multidimensional offense, mm-hmm. right? You look at you look at the ability to run the ball, right? There's no question we can run the ball. 
However, when it comes to the pass game, you, you look at the ability to hit all different parts of the field, right? You have yeah. niches basically from each receiver that can do multiple things. You look at the running backs, you know, out in the flats or running your bubble routes, right? James Cook, angle routes. Uh, yeah. You look at, you know, key areas, you know, can hit down low in the flat or, or you know, like cutting across kind of intermediate to short range if you need to. But then yeah. you got, you know, guys along the sideline, right? You got, uh, you know, obviously Ben Pickens being out. You know, Pickens was our, you know, huge one-on-one guy. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, you look at Justin Robinson. I think Justin Robinson has a year where he can step in if, you know, if the t- yeah. if everything works Absolutely. out well. Uh, obviously, Arian Smith hitting the hitting the next level of the, you know, the field that we haven't really seen in quite mm-hmm. um, You know, and then obviously, like you said, uh, Dar- Darnell Washington in the middle. Uh, so you're able to hit different parts, uh, really all different parts of the field, and, and it really makes the offense that much more dangerous because of yes. the ability to go anywhere on the field. You can't you can't do what Mississippi State did and stop the run. You can try it, but we're able to get out and and you know JT's shown that we can we can make that work and beat you that way. Uh, yeah. You know you have to respect the pass game. I, I expect Clemson to come out. I expect them. Uh, you know, to uh, to respect the pass game. But let's be honest here. Razee, Miles Murphy, K.J. Henry and company on that line in the front seven, they're going to cause problems just themselves. So they can rush seven or they can blitz four or five and still cause problems for J.T. This is why it's our biggest test of the year, hands down, um, obviously in the regular season, right? We don't know what to expect in the postseason, even though we kind of do if we make it to – Atlanta, I have a feeling it's Bama, but nonetheless, right in the regular season, Clemson's our biggest test. So we're going to see right away what our what we're looking like. But yeah. then after week one, we have the rest of the season really to kind of tune up and and if we take care of business, get ready, you know, for you know for Atlanta and for the playoffs. I think Georgia's destined to be the playoff team this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but obviously, it's about execution. Yeah, we got to go out and execute. We got to go out and do the things that are going to take advantage of, of the playmakers that we do have in place. I, I think that now you can't say that we are void of talent at the wide receiver position. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, you can't say that we, we don't have a running game. We have five legitimate running backs that could start at anywhere in this conference. Yep. Um, and then and, and for any of the big boys outside of the SEC, they could start for them too. Um, so you, you've got all this talent. Now you got to figure out how to use it. And you got to figure out how to, how to hurt people with it. I mean, I, I think with Monken – with his background, I think this is his wheelhouse because at Oklahoma State, he did it with a lot of 10 personnel, right? No tight yeah. ends, four, four wide, and was able to, to have a semblance of a run game. Uh, they, they had they still had some some decent balance there uh, when, when he when he was there breaking records at Oklahoma State. Then yeah. he goes to Southern Miss, right? He doesn't have many receivers. He has two really good running backs, Jalen Richard and Edo Smith. Uh, so it was a lot of 20 personnel, probably a lot of 20, 21 personnel, which is some things he can uh, break out for Cook and, and Zamir and, and Darnell Washington. Or he could go three wide, two backs, and, and really do some do some damage there as well. He can also get into 11 personnel. He can get into any personnel grouping he wants. Uh, he can get into 32 personnel if he wants. He's got Bowers, Darnell Washington, three really stud running backs. If Don't forget Fitzpatrick go- either. Fitzpatrick is yeah. underrated right now. I, definitely a good blocker, but – uh, he can still get out there and make some plays as well, uh, but we, I think all odds are going to have to cut you off. But yeah, yeah. But no, yeah. Um, you know, obviously, like you were talking about, though, right? You look at you know the offense and and Monken's potential. 
for opening up the offense and, and really showing, you know, that Georgia has made that change. Uh, you know, we saw Bama make the change early. Uh, Georgia kind of slug, you know, sluggishly lagged behind. And now you're, mm-hmm. I think this is the year you really look at Georgia as, as not the true running team anymore that we're no. used to be. Um, you know, but let's let's be honest here. So moving on, right? We're going to transition with with what you were talking about, right? With this offense, you you look at this offense and it brings a lot of potential uh, from a recruiting standpoint, which is why June is so important. Uh, just this month alone, uh, you know, the list for elite recruits, whether it be offense or defense, uh, it, it's huge, and, and there's some huge names there. Uh, really, looking at it here, uh, June first, the very first day. Uh, you look at um, Pierce Sperlin, right, 2023 tight end. Uh, yeah. You know, you've got several names there just on the first day alone. And then June 2nd, you know, you look at two huge recruits in the 2023 cycle coming on June 2nd with LT Overton, the number one uh, overall uh, player in the country, uh, and Justice Haynes, right, uh, forced yes. up running back. Uh, That's so a you, big one right there. Those are two huge ones. Uh, you know, so then you then you look at um you know then the weekend right that first weekend is going to be insane, uh you know Jeremiah Alexander on the third uh you know but then you look at the fourth and the fifth, you know you're bringing in Brandon Ennis right you're bringing Kristen Miller the nylon Oscar Branson Robinson everybody's loving Branson Robinson now, uh, Kamari mm-hmm. Wilson you know Nichols and Kojo all on that first weekend alone and those are huge names that were uh, Georgia's all in. Um, you know, so you look at that right there, then you kind of piece it around, uh, you know, big names here, you know, look at Shamar Stewart on the 15th, then you, what I call IMG weekend, uh, yeah. you know, you look at the guys, <laughs> yes. really five, uh, four, four guys from IMG, Tyler Booker, Keon Sab, uh, Dalen Everett and Jihad Campbell, uh, all on their officials, uh, you know, on the 18th. Uh, so you look at that weekend, right? And that's yeah. huge IMG, which I think Georgia is going to have a great year when it comes to these guys from IMG. Uh, and then we'll end it up with the 25th, right? The biggest name in the 2023 cycle, in my opinion, outside of LT Overson, Arch Manning. He'll be in, uh, you know, he'll be, I think he'll unofficial here. Uh, you know, and that right there just tells you all of June, you know, from the first day all the way to basically the end of June. Georgia's going to be loaded. And, it, you know, outside of visits alone, you're also looking at, um, you're also looking at, uh, you know, camps, right? They're also camp, mm-hmm. uh, getting guys on and, and camping and, and offering other guys too. Yeah. So it's going to be a very, very busy and chaotic month um, for Georgia. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's almost like you're cramming a whole recruiting cycle into a month there uh, with all these visits, but you know, with the early early signing period, it's important. You know, June became even more crucial than it than it ever has been. And coming off a pandemic year, that, that amplifies it by ten. So, you know, I, I'm you know, you got in that first that first round of visits, the June fourth weekend, you got a bunch of guys from Mississippi coming in. Yep. You know, as as your big out of state targets, um, you got a couple of receivers. Uh, Kojo is is one of them from uh, from Lambert. He's He's somebody that excites me. He's a six-foot guy that that can run. Uh, you have some offensive linemen, uh, Addison Nichols, I, I think, coming in at, at tackle, 6'5", 305. Uh, really solid uh, 5.9 guy from, uh, you know, you've got uh, Oscar Delp. I, I think you I think you mentioned him, big tight end. Yep. Uh, he, he's somebody that that's exciting. He's He kind of fits that Brock Bowers, Fitzgerald mold. 
Uh, yep. Then, you know, the, the, the IMG crew, you know, I'm excited about Booker as the tackle. I think if we can get him, that'll be a huge get. Uh, you're starting to see that position almost become a big skill position, um, you know, with, uh, yeah. with the on, on the offensive line. Uh, Keon Sab, I, I think, is somebody that is very universal. He's a he's a big time, uh, big tall kid. Probably probably going to fit in on the on the defensive side of the ball. If I had to guess, Jalen Walker is a very important piece to that June 18th weekend because he's a verbal commit and he can kind of help. Uh, from the the player perspective, he can kind of help the coaching staff lock in a lot of these guys, right? Oh, yeah, he, can absolutely. Be a, he can be a recruiter. He could because he knows a little bit about about Athens. He knows a little bit about what this what this coaching staff is all about. Some of these mm-hmm. guys, I mean, obviously they've been in contact with Georgia. Otherwise, they probably wouldn't be visiting. But you know, I think Jalen Walker knows this this coaching staff on, on on a different level, and and we'll see how solid he is. If we can get even half of these IMG guys committed that weekend, I think yeah. we're in really, really good shape. Um, and then you know you look at uh, the, then you look at the 25th with Arch Manning uh, headlining that group. I mean that name's future itself. You know you got I watched his highlights the other day. Uh, there was this throw he made that was just it, it was kind of like the Zach Wilson throw from the combine that everybody's yep. ooing and on about. Um, if we could get Arch Manning, if we can steal him from Tennessee and, and Ole Miss, which you have to think that those two schools are, are leading the charge. Um, if, you, if you don't know the Manning family very well, uh, you wouldn't obviously know that. But you know you have to you have to outlast Tennessee, which these days is not hard to do. Uh, and then Ole Miss is probably the one that that's the most contentious with uh, with Arch Manning because they're exciting. They play a really good brand of football and family legacy all those factors in for, for Georgia to be in the mix says a lot about Kirby smart and, and, and crew. Yeah. I, you know, kind of, we'll kind of work our way back a little bit, you know, looking at Arch Manning though, right. Arch Manning is the type of, you know, that really the, obviously the name sticks out, but yeah. at the end of the day, Georgia is a true threat right there. Uh, and, and it, honestly, in my opinion, I think we get them. I really do. Uh, and I know the legacy, right. The legacy of, you know, Tennessee with, you know, with Uncle Peyton and Ole Miss with uh, Grandpa Archie, I, I just think the where, where Georgia is right now, it, Georgia's in that prime spot to, you know, to elevate to a true national title contender on a consistent basis, right? Every mm-hmm. and, you, and you can't you can't discredit Alabama; they're going to push, mm-hmm. and, and LSU, sure. I, I just don't trust LSU where they are. Uh, I, I just don't see LSU being the biggest threat there. But, you know, you look at Bama and Georgia, I, th- I think it's going to be a Bama Georgia, and I think Georgia is a true threat that people need to really start to pay attention to. Uh, you know, so from, you know, obviously from Arch Manning, because if you get Arch Manning, Arch Manning is the type of kid that you would look and take over Gunner, in my opinion. I would. He's, yeah, he's I already him. ready to I go. Love I love Gunner. I think you would have to take Arch over Gunner, and, and as crazy as that sounds, and honestly, I look at it as because he's, he's NFL ready. Like he's literally, you just sit there and let him play a few years in college and go to the NFL. I think he'll be fine. The kid is composed. He knows how to read defenses. There's nothing. Obviously, the the Manning bloodline. They've I guarantee they've taught him everything he needs to know. You're not going to surprise the kid. I mean, obviously the the speed he'll adjust to the speed. But you know, if he comes to Georgia, that that puts us as a as a true national title contender because you know obviously we like JT, we like Brock, what they're able to do. But you have the guy with the composure and ability to, 
you know, to be a true quarterback, right? Like you don't have to worry about these game managers like in the mm-hmm. past. It felt like huge deal right there. I think Georgia is a huge threat for Arch Manning. So keep that, in, in, you know, keep that in the back pocket and listen on whenever you're ready. Um, you know, but then we're talking about Keon Sab, right? Keon Sab, uh, Georgia just offered his brother, right? And that's a 2026 commit, seventh grade. Uh, earliest <laughs> earliest commit ever, right? Earliest offer that. ever, I should say. Sorry. <laughs> I love that. But, yes. but that's a typical thing that you see. And, and Georgia's done it in the past, right? With It's the mm-hmm. Sori brothers, or, you know, the Sories. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously get, uh, you know, Xavier, and then, you know, his brother committed already. So, yeah. you know, the, uh, Georgia's one of those legacy teams. You know, it's one of those programs where legacies happen. Uh, you know, you look at uh, Marcus Washington, right? Same situation. Yes. Justice mm-hmm. Haynes is a good uh, possibility. That's another one. So it's it's insane. El Muschamp and his walk-on quarterback son on the same team right now. Exactly. So Georgia, it's not it's not uncommon for Georgia to do something like that, um, you know. But it is it's it's kind of interesting to see that though because of the and the timing is not coincidental. It's 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 strategically uh, yeah. you know done that way. Considering, you know, Keon's a huge threat and Georgia's a threat there. So, you know, you offer his brother early, and I mean early. I, I think that shows some good love towards the Sabs. Uh, and and maybe that's what uh, makes Keon commit. You never know. I, you know, that's that's a huge factor. I mean, they, they offer his brother. That's a huge thing. And then when he gets on campus, he's going to be blown away. I mean, you know, there's, there's nothing to not be blown away at UGA. And then you open this brand-new facility, and it ramps that up by 10 as well. So, mm-hmm. It's going to be a fun month. I mean, I think you're. I think we're going to see, you know, as some guys commit, you're going to see some guys possibly decommit. You know, you, you get some. You know, obviously, we're going to do the defensive back shuffle. Probably, I, I think we get a few more DBs, and and uh, Dion Bowie might might uh, might might bounce on out of there as we were afraid of. He might he might bounce on over to Texas A&M. Who yeah. knows? It's it's going to be interesting. Jordan Bryant James, his recruitment's not over. I mean, I think he's solid, but. You know, UT's got to be somewhere in the mix there. Um, yeah. And, and and Vanderbilt would be stupid if they didn't try to get into it, but I, I don't think they're a real threat, to be honest with you. But yeah, um, I, don't, I don't see that happening. No, I, I don't see that either. Uh, they're they're not they're not ready for that. But I mean, you get guys. You know, if you get if you get Katron Allen committed, I don't know what that does to the running back uh, commits. I don't know how many they take, or if uh, you know if they take his commit and they're really going to take one. That lets us know how solid Jordan Jordan James was. So. Uh, I'm almost excited about Giad Campbell. I mean, if, yeah. if we can if we can stockpile edge rushers uh, at the 6'3", 220, 230, 240 mold, I'm all for it. Like I, I'm all for racking up a bunch of Adam Andersons. That right there, Adam Anderson is going to be a, a huge part of and how we how we uh, recruit those guys. You know, yeah, like Aziz this past year, right? Mm-hmm. Aziz this past year, I still I still in my opinion got robbed in the first round, but. Uh, or get, got robbed by not going first round, but I think he'll fit in great with Joe Judge and the Giants, and that's a different that's a different topic for a different podcast. Uh, we're, we're you know unfortunately we're not the Big Blue podcast, so uh, we can't true. really break down Aziz too too much. But um, I'm excited to see him play. But you know going back to the, the outside linebacker position, I think that becoming more of a dynamic position at, at least uh, on on one side. Um, it's going to be huge in, in recruiting because you can get some really tall athletic guys there that can really play like Giad Campbell, Jalen Walker um, in, in, in this class, uh, Marcus Washington yeah. as well. You know, those guys are, are absolutely, uh, absolutely 
vital to to uh, the way Kirby's defense or Dan Lanning's defense, however you want to describe it, they're they're crucial to to making that thing go. And then uh, I, I'm excited about uh, Bear Alexander and Tyree West uh, kind of being the next big duo in, on the defensive line. Uh, Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis are going to be that, and and don't count out Devontae Wyatt either. Uh, Can't do that. And don't count out Zion Logue, apparently. Uh, yeah. you know, he had a big spring game. So I'm excited about the defensive line position, and I'm excited about the recruiting we got going there. So it's it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. And and I want some of those and I hope some of those guys are mixed in to some of these June visits to kind of be the extra cheerleader uh, for this coaching staff so that Georgia can get a few of these guys uh, and, and get a few guys that they shouldn't. And yep. uh, you know, maybe like an Arch Manning, which Hey, you're you're bold on that. I love it. Um, I, I love the boldness. I, I I'm I'm kind of more of a wait and see guy on 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 Arch Manning because I think there's a lot of factors in there, but I think Georgia is, has just as good a shot as anybody else. Um, you know, when when you look at that situation, but uh, you know, lots of excitement in, in the recruiting world um, coming coming up this month or coming up. I, I say this month. June is pretty much upon us now. But oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, so. You know, that's a good stopping point right there, right? Like, yeah. I, I'm looking forward to every single day, almost every every single weekend for sure, right, of the June mm-hmm. month or month of June. Wow, I can't speak today. The month of June <laughs> is going to be wild, right, obviously. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to have a lasting impact on several classes, obviously 2022, surely enough 2023, probably even 2024, um, yeah. just this month alone. Yeah. Um, yes. But 2026 that, so, apparently. Well, yeah, oh, I mean, and 2026, we're being that serious. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, uh, before we let you go, uh, let everybody know where they can find you, where they, um, I know you got your podcast. Tell everybody where they can find your work. They can find it, uh, you know, anywhere you get a podcast Apple, Spotify, uh, Google Play. Uh, we're about to be on, on YouTube. Uh, you can find my personal Twitter at CoachBurton36. Uh, and you can find my show Twitter. Uh, we're the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. You can find us at Believe in Dogs. Uh, that's B L E A V uh, in Dogs. Uh, you can find my co-host Israel Troop uh, at Troopstar28 on all social media platforms. So, so find us, subscribe to us, and check us out, and and, and stay tuned. I think I think I'm even going to get bold and get a Twitch. So I'm, I'm hey. going to the video platforms here really soon. I'm telling you, Twitch is where it's at, man. Twitch is where it's at. I love Twitch. Hey, that's uh, that's a good enough endorsement for me. I'm, I'm going to sign up go. for that before we launch. Uh, but sometime this go. summer, uh, sometime around our one-year anniversary uh, as a show, I found Israel in September. I started up in, in uh, like mid-June. So the, the one-year yeah. anniversary of our show is, uh, is coming up. So I think we're going to launch video on that. Uh, so you can find me. You can find me there. And you can also find me on the uh, Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. I represent the uh, the Southeast and the, the Southeastern Conference on that show uh, with uh, with Matt Perkins and Josh Cook. We we go all over college football, but you can find us uh, Illegal Motion College Football Podcast same places on the Believe Network and uh, and anywhere you can get your podcasts. There you go. Hey, go like and subscribe, man. Uh, I've listened to the word. I like it. Um, but on that, that note, man, let's uh, call it a wrap here. We've, uh, you know, had a good long conversation. Obviously, a lot to talk about. But, um, yes. hey, man, thanks again for coming on the show and look forward to having you on again soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And uh, let's make it happen. Let's thanks, uh, let's let's do some more home and homes. I, I want to get you on, on our show, especially when we go when we go video. So uh, there you go. Keep that in mind. So, yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, let's, let's hey, go dogs. Yeah, boy, go dogs. 
All right, guys, with that being said, going to call it a wrap for this episode of the Damn Good Dogcast. Uh, make sure to like, subscribe on YouTube, on Twitch. Um, and other than that, guys, uh, we'll hear you back in the month of June. Go dogs. Go dogs.